on the Hail Mary, came down with it. I ain't gonna lie, though. My fanhood overtook the logic. It it definitely did. Like I almost got in a wreck on the highway. I was excited. I'm over here I did, like, I did yelling in my car. Opposite. I did it. It's the like. opposite, though. I did it. I was so pissed. I was pissed. I was pissed, bro. Listen, I was doing the live stream. We were like telling everybody Merry Christmas. We was like, we got the number one pick. We down sixteen points. Two minute warning, bro. I right. go and my wife is saying, "Hey, we gotta go get some Christmas gifts." I'm like, "Ah, I gotta go get Christmas gifts." Oh, and then we gotta go pump gas. I get to the gas station, and an alert on my phone was like they scored, and I was like, "What?" And then I see, <laughs> how about Randy Bullock hitting from fifty-seven? Fifty-seven. After missing two fifty-twos, after missing two fifty-two, they tried to ice my man Fat Randy. We threw the box of donuts at his ass. He came back and grilled a fifty-seven on him. Like, and right. how about this? The perfect onside kick. The ball rolls the on perfect. the ground, then it kicks back up. And I said, I said to myself, like, how often do you watch a football game and you see coaches, fans, we're like, yeah, we got it within two scores. But in the back of your head, you're like, damn, two scores and two-point two, two conversions? And they right. successfully did it, like, with really good play calling, real good execution, no mental lapses. Like, just think about, like, those are plays that you don't even run normally. Or different right. things. There's so many different things going on on an onside kick that you can mess up. Right. So to the point, I was like, man, they didn't go offside, any of that stuff. So I was just so excited about that. And then right. when they did get it, I was pissed because I'm like, hold up, what's going on here? This game's right. tied up. And then that's when I went back on the live. We and I took it from there and I posted my reaction to it. But I mean, I no, I was not in that mode. I was not in right. a mode where. Uh, I, my fandom took over. I was pissed sitting there saying, "Why couldn't yeah, you be here?" Right? No, nah, I definitely saw it live, and I saw your reaction. I was like, "Wow, this is this is nuts! Like, this is crazy." But what what makes it even crazier was, um, you know, if you would have went into Sunday, you would have probably would have thought that the the uh, two most unentertaining games would have been the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Miami Dolphins, and you probably would have said the New York Giants versus the Washington Redskins. There were some crazy games going on. I don't think – I don't know if people were paying attention, but, like, the Giants and Redskins game was also crazy because literally you had, like, the top four, top five teams being decided, like the top five draft pick slots basically being decided in those games. And I don't know if you were watching the Redskins game, but Dwayne Haskins was balling out, goes down, and they're down by 14, and they tied up the fourth overtime in that game. Like, it was crazy. Like, Case Keenum came in. It almost was a very similar situation to, like, the position that Dalton's in, right? Like, Case Keenum was out there fighting for his career going forward because he's going to be replaced as the guy. And it was just crazy to watch those two games play out like that because it was like, and then both 35 to 35, What I, I sat there on my live. I said, man, who rigged this up? What organization? What is the FBI behind this? Like, who paid for this? <laughs> who paid for that to happen? 35-35, two overtimes. You got Danny Dimes going crazy. And, and look, all of these scenarios were so perfect because you got good quarterback play from Haskins. So now I'm thinking, like, okay, well, the Redskins lose and, and we end up winning this game instead of Redskins pick over. They, Haskins is their guy. Right. right, so I'm not even worried. In, in the Giants scenario, everybody says, "Then you're crazy for thinking that they're gonna go 
past Daniel Jones? I'm like, yeah. Well, in that game, Daniel Jones. Five touchdowns. Daniel Jones goes crazy. So, in both scenarios, I'm like, if they lose and then we happen to win and we don't get the number one pick, they're not looking at quarterback. They're looking at a guy like society goes off of what they last saw. So, there's Dalton people hitting me this morning saying he threw for 400, no picks. You know, like they're going to go by what, what they last saw. And so I think from an organizational standpoint, you probably should if you just drafted Daniel Jones and Haskins. So on both of those scenarios, I'm saying, shoot, they're going to be looking at Chase Young or somebody, you know, like Andrew Thomas or one of those guys like that. Um, right. You know, like, so I, I was a little bit clear from that. But I was doing the math, though, when it got to overtime. I mean, I'm talking about I hadn't been that locked in on. Let's go back to the game. I hadn't been that locked in on a game and so, like, heart racing for a Bengals game in, like, I mean, what, 2015? 2015 is probably it. it I, I mean, it had to be, like, 2015. I don't remember the last time I watched the Bengals game and I was that, like, and, and, and you know, like, and I mean, and I'm talking about, like, the live wasn't that many people. It's, like, 60, 70 people. This, yeah, on average, we would get to 100 every once in a while. As soon as that thing went to overtime, 250, 260 people in there, and we're all just like, Luz, what are you doing, you idiot? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> man, like, I'm but, like, man, that was but, crazy. But to me, bro, like, the one thing that I loved about this game was the heart of the players. Like, we've always talked about that. A lot of people have talked about Zach. I don't think these players – I think that game proves these players have not quit on Zach, bro. Like, think about the Tyler Boyd play. Think about Tyler Boyd. There's literally 14 seconds on the clock. Tyler Boyd is injured on the play and gets up in time for them to spike the ball, for them to even make the Hail Mary. Like, that game was nuts, bro. That game was nuts. And before I keep going, let me remind you that you are listening to the Orange is the New Black podcast on the Cincy Jungle Podcast Network. We are located in all podcast places under the name Cincy Jungle you can find me and Zim on there, as well as the Orange and Black Insider. You also have Matt Minich's Chalk Talk. Check it out. Um, I think daddy O McDuck is also on there as well. Like, be sure that you're locked in there because you're going to get tons of content from us, not only us, but other podcasts that are a part of the Cincy Jungle Syndicate. We'll be here talking about the draft, this crazy, this crazy ending to this game, um, the Browns next week. So just be sure to subscribe, tell your friends about us, uh, leave us comments, give us a rating. Um, if you're on Instagram, follow Zim at Zim underscore Hooday. I swear to God, you won't regret it. Uh, follow me on YouTube. Uh, New Stripe City is my YouTube channel, at New Stripe City on Twitter, at Zim Hooday on Twitter with no underscore. Um, you can catch us there. But Zim, Tyler Boyd, bro, that was, is that not the play of the game? Is that not? I mean, how many player of the games can you have? Yeah, you talking about you talking about you talking about the fourth. Like this, this is why that was so important, right? Because, and I think it was before you started watching the game. What happens is he gets hurt, he limps up, he gets up, and uh, they're able to to basically spike the ball, right? But what happens is if Tyler Boyd remains on the ground. Then there's a 10-second runoff. So the Bengals would have lost the game. There wouldn't even have been an overtime if Tyler Boyd stayed down because it's an automatic 10-second runoff. There would have been no time. The game would have been over. But Boyd, like, is, like, clearly grabbing his hamstring, crawling on the ground, gets up, 
and is able to be there for them to even be in position to do that. It's just like this game was like crazy. And then for a team to not score, we talk about that all the time on this podcast. The Bengals can't even score 24. They scored 23 in the fourth quarter. How did they do that? How did they do that? And, 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 it's, and it's so crazy. I, I, like when you're talking about the Tyler Boyd one, when they're down 35 to 19 and, and Darton throws, I mean, I said Darton. <laughs> hey, that's his name when he's throwing darts. When Darton was throwing Darton, when he was throwing, he threw that fourth down, um, touchdown to Boyd, like on that little, that little quick slant. I said, man, that's the red zone throw that teams have been dying for to for the the Bengals to give them all year, like and, and they just haven't been they haven't been throwing that type of stuff. Like it's like I love the play call. And the only thing I didn't like I didn't like they had like this five wide set on like one of those fourth downs or something. And it, I mean it was like a third down early in the game, and it was just like nobody was open and Dalton had to throw it away. But it was just like that was the. It, it was like they waited to this moment. I'm, I'm, you know what I'm saying? It's like right. it's 35 to 19 with 33 seconds left to, like, <laughs> kick it into gear and run right. all the stuff that we will. Like, like even the scene, like, we talked about the Eiffel scene, like, all year. They hadn't right. been throwing none of that. Like, I don't even consider that a Hail Mary. If you go look at that play, it's a well-executed uh, play. The other players like Erickson and stuff, he gets his man in the position where he wants to. And he's almost saying Eifer it up for one-on-one if you include the fact that he's boxing the guy out. And it's just right. like there's play calling that's just been lacking like, in, in key spots. And they wait till 35 seconds is left in a game to kick it into this gear that we just haven't seen. And I, I just thought that was crazy. Like, I, I mean, it, but the one I'm, I, 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 there's two things that I want to do. The first half of the game and the second half of the game are like night and day. But I will tell you from a, a Bengals perspective of the people that hate me the most that say that I shouldn't be rooting for the team to lose, I do have a quick message for you guys. We, we're now all on the same page. Y'all have gone through weeks and weeks of us uh, telling us not we're not real fans. There, there's a certain quarterback that said that we weren't real fans yesterday as well. Um. We'll get to that in a second. But when you lost hope on an organization and you want to take matters into your own hands as a fan, you get into this mode that we're in currently where we wanted them to tank and we only trusted them with the number one pick. It's as simple as that. That's the short version of it. But there's so many obstacles, so many different things. They don't have the connections. The Bengals front office won't make the trades. They won't do anything. The only thing that they literally could do is make the number one pick, and without social media and without the people, the fans, and everybody sitting there saying, go get Joe Burrow, get a quarterback, I'm almost convinced that we will this into fruition because the Bengals, for me, I think that they would take Chase Young. I really do think that the front office like would take Chase Young because they would look at BPA, and Chase Young, to me, might be the best player available for a team that already has a quarterback in place. But they, they kept on going past this quarterback position every year, year after year. And it's still fans that say, I don't want the quarterback even now. But this is a product of fandom in the, in, the, in, the, in the best fan base in the world, the most loyal fan base in the world. 
you think that we don't have the right to cheer for um, them to lose so that we can win later? You're sadly mistaken. But like I said on this podcast before, there is no right or wrong way to cheer for your team. As long as you're a fan, then I'm, I'm, I'm effing with you. I'm with you. But this is the thing that now I feel like now that we got the monkey off our back, that's out the room. I've already thought about, like, people say, well, what if they don't pick Joe Burrow? The only scenario I could see them not picking Joe Burrow is if, like, somebody gave them a whole bunch of draft picks for the, for the pick. But watching the Bengals play in some of these key games, even the Patriots and stuff like that, they're not at a position where they have to give up all – you know what I'm saying? Like, do you feel like they have to give up eight – they, they got to take on six, seven picks to, to make it a legit roster? I don't no. feel No, like, no. And like I think that that's like, – I think the it's Dolphins, crazy for people the to Dolphins say that. are like that than me. I think the right. Dolphins are like that. Yeah, they need like six key players, first round, second round, like right now that's going to start. I think if the Bengals were to make a trade like that and give up the first pick and then take on the Dolphins four or five picks that they have, like, you know, in the first round, they got three in the first, and then say they take another in the, in the next first round after that. I wouldn't be mad at the Bengals for doing that, but I don't think that they need that, though. That's what I'm saying. It's like – they just need a quarterback. They're like literally. There's eight games that you could point to where they're just one quarterback away. Right. And we did that today. And now that we got that out the way, we are now on the same page, everybody. Now we're back to winning football. Now I want them to kick the Browns' ass on Sunday. You see that? It's like I think people got lost in the sauce and thought like, oh, we just want them to lose, like just to lose. And, and no. here's the thing too, Zell. I think. I think even when we wanted them to seal the first-round pick, I don't think we wanted to get blown out. I don't think we wanted to get embarrassed. I don't think we wanted to see, like, anything that didn't give us hope for the future because if we were getting blown out and stuff like that, if we weren't close into these games, that's another thing you have to realize is I believe, I don't know the exact count, but I think it's at least eight games now where the Bengals have lost by seven points or one have been like one-score games. I think that goes all the way up to eight. Um, this team is a quarterback away. Like, if they weren't, they wouldn't have been in those games, and we wouldn't have felt like a quarterback could be the changing factor for this team if we really thought that they could just go out there and just get blown out and just, like, demolished by these teams. I've never wanted that. Like, that's that's – I mean, honestly – and to say that some fans are fake, like, if a fan isn't a real fan, why are they still watching this team after they're 1-15? Why would you even still be glued to the to the TV watching that? Like, why would you even be doing this to yourself? Like, it's so easy for fake fans to bandwagon right now and go over and be a raven and all of this stuff. Like, it's so easy for somebody to do that instead of sitting here cheering for this team. Like, I'm always going to be a fan of the players, but at the end of the day, we have been cheering for this team for over multiple decades. We'll continue to cheer for them, and we know this team inside and out. We're not wanting them to lose because there's no other option. We know that this is the only option. You look at Duke Tobin's draft these past three years and tell me, and these same players that are talking about fake fans and all of this, they don't have confidence. To me, it doesn't seem like the players have confidence in upper management either. So how can you blame us for feeling the same way? 
Like, look at how they fumble certain situations. Look how they're still fumbling certain situations when you look at the A.J. Green situation. Any other franchise would have been able to take care of this, whether you're going to keep him or not. A functional franchise would have either traded Andy Dalton, would have either traded Carlos Dunlap and A.J. Green, even though I personally didn't agree with that. If you weren't going to do that, you need to have a plan B. The Bengals haven't even had a plan B. They kept Cordy Glenn. This is a team that kept a guy that said, cut me. And you think that we're supposed to trust what they're going to do with the first-round pick? No, I can't trust that. I'm sorry, fam. I can't trust that. So I love you guys, players, if you're listening to this. I've always wanted y'all to do well, bro. Like, you listened to the first podcast. Me and them were talking about y'all were going to go 8-8, eight and 9-7. Eight, and seven. We wanted a winning season. We didn't want this. This is yeah, what happened. Th- th- this is what happens when – I wouldn't even call it desperation. It's just like fans got smart. There's there's so many people. There's some fans that I love to death that every week they're like, oh, I can't believe you're rooting for them to lose. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, I can't believe you're rooting for them to win still. Just to get three, four wins across your belt, who are you bragging to? Is the and that's, question and I, that's my that's thing. That's the question I'm, I always ask them. Like, if you would have beat the Dolphins, remember I asked you that? I said, like, you want to beat the Dolphins? You're like, yeah, because I got some people around here that you could talk trash to a little bit. And I ask those questions to people. I say, like, you think in 2020, 2021, you will even remember the the win that you had? The only way you will remember it is you would say, yeah, that was the win that we got to ruin the draft, and that's how we didn't get Joe Burrow. Like, that's literally all you will remember from the season. To be like honest we, with you, though, the birth I think, of the, ba- the Burrow babies was born yesterday. We birthed the damn child yesterday. To be honest with you, though, I think some of it has to do with – I think it's multiple things. I think it's um, people don't want to see Andy get replaced, and people want to see uh, the Bengals draft Chase Young, which I think they feel like will be more of a possibility if they don't get the first pick. I think that that's what it really had to do with it. Um, but it's, like it's you said, about that. if you if you don't see, like I I understand going to a football game and then seeing your team lose, like that is one of the worst feelings, especially if you travel. So I get that, I get that a lot. Like even if I'm rooting for them to lose, like to watch to be in somebody else's stadium, to be in your own stadium, just that feeling walking out of the building or walking out of bar, any of that stuff, I get it. I, I, I feel your pain, like, why you wouldn't want to. And I think a lot of the people that hit me that be like, that say, man, I can't believe you want them to lose, I think those are a lot of people that actually go to these games and stuff, and it's a bad feeling. But at the same time, this management and this front office doesn't really care about balling out and going forward. They don't carry the same passion that us real Bengals fans have, right? They don't really carry that with them. They're only looking at it from a business aspect. And for that, I don't fault them because everybody doesn't they, – they were born into this. You know, like Mike Brown Jr. or whatever, he was born into this. Like, he doesn't have – nobody has to make him love football. Like, if this is just a business deal for him, cool. I'm going to help him aid him or the fans are going to help him aid them by giving them the number one pick and making it super simple for him. Because all these guys, uh, or in girls, Katie Blackburn and Troy and all these people like that, they've proven to us year after year you cannot trust them to make the correct pick. And when they do make the correct pick, they don't even utilize them correctly. The only way 
and I've said this for years, and I said this on this podcast, and and it's not a chase. You can't chase young the situation. This is the one unicorn, one effort, and, and it's the most out out of a hundred percent on on a, on a scale. There's a nine percent chance of this happening, rather than a one percent chase chance of Chase Young taking over his franchise and and becoming the next Lawrence Taylor, right? There's a I, 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 the math one it probably would say there's nine to twelve percent somewhere around that that if we draft Joe Burrow we come out of this purgatory and we go into winning, right? And the only reason why I know that is because there's only nine percent of teams in the NFL that can actively say that they're in a position that we are where you're Aaron Rodgers Russell Wilson in the situation. I don't believe that their coaching is that superior, and they've proven that. Yeah, like they they've proven it. Aaron Rodgers, I've said this so many times, too. This is one thing that I want you all to remember. You need a personality that is aggressive and and, and, deli- and, and very deliberate in his actions and the way that he moves. He doesn't have to say and scream in a room. He doesn't have to be like what Aaron Rodgers is currently today. But he has to have the confidence and he has to have the mojo to be able to walk in a room and demand stuff. And how do you demand stuff? By winning and winning a lot and playing like you have nothing else to live for except that. And Joe Burrow represents that. Chase Young is a, is a fierce competitor and he's a great player. But he'll never be able to walk into a room or a front office with Katie Blackburn and say, I need this player. And that's the part that a lot of people are missing. He won't be able to ever walk into a room and say, I want this free agent, I want this guy. You want to know why? Because Joe Burrow is on the front of Sports Illustrator right now. Joe Burrow will be on GQ magazine. Joe Burrow could be the face of the, the Cincinnati Bengals, the kids, the children, the women, whatever. They'll all fall in love with this baby-faced, Macaulay Culkin-looking guy that, that actually plays really, really good football. And that is a unicorn in itself. It's what I call an Aaron Rodgers situation. Aaron Rodgers, for years, doesn't have free agency. All the things that you guys clamor for, offensive line, corners, all these different things that you want, that you think you can make this this elite supreme team by putting all these players together, it doesn't happen. And when it does in 2015, you see there are other variables, such as injuries, that can happen along the way, too. And that's something you can't control. We could all fail together with Joe Burrow. And all the people that say, see, see what happens when you cheer – for them to lose, I've already thought about that scenario. They're all going to come back and say, see, we should have got just kept Dalton and Cable Chase Young. No. We had to go this route because we expressed all other options. This is the only way that we can go from losing this hard to winning. And will it happen really fast? I don't know. It could, but say it doesn't. I can't look back and say, man, I wish we wouldn't have went so hard for Joe Burrow. No. I'm so glad that we implemented a plan as fans and we all cheered together for this thing. We now have the number one pick, and we have a legit plan. How many times have you ever thought the Bengals had a legit plan? Like, it's very clear when Boomer Sison handed him the, the trophy, I mean the, uh, the helmet. It's very clear when you see Joe, Joe Burrow throw for 50 touchdowns and six picks in a whole entire season, breaking, shattering every record, that this is the clear-cut number one pick. We are the clear-cut number one person to pick them. This is the plan, and it's implemented. And if you say that we shouldn't be rooting for that, what is your plan?
Right. I'd I'd really love to hear that. Um, But it's time for a celebration. The Bengals have the number one pick in the draft. Um, We're in. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Number one pick is sold up. Bengals can still trounce the Browns next week with no negative impact. Um, That's all I really have, Zim. Was there anything else that you had? I want to highlight Jermaine. I I, want to highlight because my man Ace, is not a Jermaine Pratt uh, 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 guy. He's not a Jermaine I'm not Pratt a, I'm guy. I'm not a Pratt believer. I'm not Pratt a Pratt believer. Pratt was going crazy out there yesterday. <laughs> Jermaine Pratt was going crazy out there yesterday. 13, 14 tackles. Hold on, I got to look at hey, When I left, remember, I left two-minute warning. 14 tackles at the time. Solos. He had a – bro. Solo go back, go, hey, bro, go back and watch the Jermaine Pratt game. He was going crazy in that game. He's the same dude. It kind of, you know, And I hate to say that. Remember when uh, uh, Burfick messed up with Le'Veon Bell's uh, leg? He did the right. same thing. That Dolphins kid was running, got his first touchdown. Jermaine Pratt, the guy's knee got bent, uh, pent up underneath him. Jermaine Pratt rocks this dude, goes back and knocks somebody out the next play. He was destroying people. Then we've been cl- we've been calling for Darius Phillips all year. Why? Yes. When they when they when they had um, what's the other kid? Maven on the outside. I was livid. Right. They put Maven on the outside. As soon as they put Phillips on the outside, even on his even on his kick returns that didn't even look that great, it's just like he's so shifty. He always looks like he's going. To, he's taking it to the house, bro. He mark my words. He is a a, a pivotal part of this success moving forward. I think that yeah, was definitely. another thing. It's like there's some players that were outlined yesterday that are going to be a huge part of us winning later. But Darius Phillips, Jermaine Pratt submitted their place into this roster next year. And then uh, guys like Eifert and Uzoma, even if Eifert goes somewhere else, he's now going on pace to get 16 games healthy. And, and and I'm happy for him. He gets to, even if he goes to free agency, like I think he's going to bounce back with another team and he'll be fine. If he comes back with us, I think we figured out a new little role for him. Along with Uzoma, you come back like everything is there except a quarterback. But I'm just like, these guys, I just feel like, man, I'm so happy that they really, really, really balled out on defense in that second half. Because uh, I, I, I put so much emphasis on offense, and and, 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 and they didn't, the offense didn't really do much. You know, right. like Dalton was on point in that second half in some spots. He ended up with like 400 yards. But the defense, man, like that second half, they came, and it was like the, the changing of the guards. When William Jackson got hurt, it's like, okay, what are we going to do? And then Darius Phillips steps up, and I'm like, that's the corner. Like, like why isn't he starting? He like, should have been a starter. He, he he's, playing, been he's playing that well. Well, he was hurt, though, remember? So he what? had that Bills game. He came out the Bills game where he has the, the, the uh, kick return. He uh, gets a pick in that game. He was balling out. And, I mean, you never want to jump to conclusions with young players sometimes, I think on, like, right. starting and not starting. And the same thing probably happened with Jermaine Pratt at the very beginning of the year. But right. now it's just like they they know what it's like to play in the NFL, and they've adjusted to the speed. The guy, um, Darius Phillips, is fresh off the um, the pup list. He comes back last week. They give him limited snaps this week. He gets to go on the outside and, and shows out. And now I'm, lo- I'm looking at it like he should start. You know, like, right. moving forward, right. if they don't know what to do with Drake Kirkpatrick more, like, I think I got an answer for him. It's just we like gotta, we gotta we gotta assess both sides of them. So I definitely have been wrong about Jermaine Pratt. 
We Pratt both Baldwin. have been we both have been big William Jackson the third third guys. He did not have a good game. Like he got killed. Devontae, Devontae Parker. And is it ironic that Darius Phillips got the pick on the Devontae Parker throw? And right. and it wasn't even a bad throw. It was just a great play by Darius Phillips. Right, right, exactly, exactly. But I'm with you. I think William Jackson the third and Darius Phillips should be the starting corners next year. Darquez Denard. Uh, depending on if they keep him or not. Um, another guy that went under the radar, believe it or not, John Ross, six receptions yes. for 84 yards. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, you know, but it was a mixed bag. Let's, look, 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 a lot of people, but he had two He had two drops. One of them I'm going to put on him. One of them I'm going to put on him, but he had 13 targets. Is that a good game? Not really. Not really. I mean, yeah, you see the 84 yards, and that's cool, but, yeah. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. We were going back and forth about that in the live, um, in the live. Like they were like, man, some people were saying, man, Ross going crazy. They can't stop him because like when they needed him on key third downs and stuff, he did that little t- that ten out, that in and out, mm-hmm. and he and he and he had some really key plays, but he had a couple drops in there too, and it was just like that is John Ross. You, know, like you got to you got to live with those. With him. You got to live. It's like to me, that's what it is. And, and the fear, man, you put him out there with AJ Green. This is the problem though. Because he was the number nine pick in the draft, right, he now, in order for the Bengals to pick up his fifth-year option, it will cost them $14 million. That's pretty much that's what you pay Tyler Boyd. So, and then you look at the draft, there's so many wide receivers coming out this year. I hate to see Ross go, but with an injury-riddled history, I just can't get on board with – I go back and forth, man. I'm like – I. Ross is so complicated. He's so complicated. Yeah, he's a complicated person to to deal with. But you know, with that being said, I think the future is bright. Um, thank you guys for listening to the Orange is the New Black podcast. And was there anything that you wanted to say before we get out? Nope, that's it. I just want to say, who day? Let's get back to winning football. It is now officially a new day. We will win. The Burrow babies are born. It's time to forget about anything in the past, and we are now moving forward, starting this Sunday coming up against the Browns, where we will all collectively cheer together for a win. Who day? Who day?